at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. Closet Conversations. We are within the closet. We are talking how do we educate our children in this digital age about sex. We are joined by Nicole Detroit, who is a sex coach and educator. She's also a counsellor based in Cape Town, joining us via online platform. Uh, Nicole, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, and thank you for having me. Can't hear you, Nicole. Good evening. Um, can you hear me now? It was yes. working. Yeah, and now you sound better. Okay. I think I've mastered where to hold my mic now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're using technology to communicate. Uh, it's a digital age, clearly. Uh, it's it got is. its pros, it's got its cons, but... Uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of sexual innuendos and sexual free content available on the internet. And uh, for adults to consume, well, it's their choice. But sometimes children don't really know what's good for them and might end up consuming such things. So when should we start talking about sex with our children? It's a great question and one I get asked quite a lot. I, you know, the ideal answer is that you are talking to them about sex and sexuality from basically when they can talk because you know, you're explaining body parts and what they do. So in that way, that really is starting to have those conversations and making them aware of, you know, your body is private, those kind of things. And you, it's all about having age-appropriate conversations. So a lot of people, when they say, you know, speak to your kids about sex, they're thinking about explaining intercourse. But it's so much more than that because it really starts at the foundational level of understanding things like consent and is it okay for someone to touch my body or, you know, how are they allowed to touch my body? And then from that it moves into like the nitty-gritty around what sex is but a safe answer is that before the age of nine your child should have had a conversation with you about sex mm. as in penetrative sex and the reason I use that age is because the shocking research has shown that by nine years old or well, nine and a half years old most children have been exposed to pornography online. Sure. So they need to have a healthy foundational understanding of what sex is and what healthy sex is before they're being exposed to these things. That is so scary. By the age of nine, nine is such a tender age. Yeah. Um, why is this the case? Oh, man, so many reasons. Um, I think it's that the idea that it's it's unknown and true to human nature it's something you're not supposed to click on so that's what you're going to click on and you know it's not that all children you know i think parents who are listening they might be thinking well i know that you know my child doesn't go onto these sites and that kind of thing and that may be true but school exists and phones are around and 
you know, they kids talk about these things. I mean, I remember when I was, wow, when I was <laughs> probably like nine or 10, um, one of the boys in school brought his dad's scope magazine to class. Wow. And we all knew about it. And now it's very much the same thing, only it's on a phone. And so it's a lot easier to kind of keep hidden from adults and to share if you want to share it. Hmm. My goodness. Okay. It's a tender age. It's a very, very tender age. You know, um, some parents are very conservative, right? And mm. they, they, they scared to talk to each other as parents, as adults about sex. Uh, talk less of having a conversation with uh, an eight-year-old about sex and safety. How should this conversation sound, especially for those who are conservative? Yeah, I think part of it is taking away that big fear factor, you know, that it has to be, a, you know, I think a lot of us were raised having those big sit-down conversations, if we had a conversation at all. And so that's what comes to mind when we think about talking about sex with our kids. But it should, as much as is possible, form part of our everyday conversation. So you don't need to spend three hours discussing sex and everything around it. It's a matter of being available to answer questions and to be able to ask questions of your children without judgment and without them feeling that, you know, they might get in trouble for what they answer. So if you ask your child, for example, have you ever seen, you know, a naked person on a friend's phone? If they say yes, you know, to fight that urge to lose your temper and, you know, go raging to the school and asking what the story is, which you're entitled to do. But, you know, for your child to help them feel safe in the conversation so that you can get, you know, the information that you need and so that you can have, you can set a healthy boundary and explain why that might not be the best thing to be seeing. Like, do they know if that person, that naked person knows that they're seeing them? And, you know, taking conversations like that and being able to answer your child's questions. And I think a lot of parents, or particularly in sort of my age group, sometimes they get afraid of having the conversation. Oh. Sorry, dog. I've got a visitor. Hello, doggy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes they get afraid of having the conversations because they're scared their child's going to ask them something that they themselves don't know. Mm. And also very fair you know we all grew up in a very different world children now are growing up where you know the, the ideas of having you know trans friends or you know friends who are members of the lgbtqi plus community polyamorous relationships you know these are all sort of things that they hear in the media and they're they're much more in tune with things than we were or even necessarily are and so, you know, we might think, well, what if my child asks me about that and I don't know? Then say you don't know. You know, it's not a bad thing to be honest with your children. And you can go and find the answers and then come back to them and say, you know, that conversation we were having, I looked into it and this is what I found out and set it up as a discussion so that they feel like they're also contributing. Mm. Because mm. the idea is to take away the shame around talking about sex. Because if you take away the shame, you take away the taboo. 
and it creates open lines of conversation. And all of the research shows that children who are well educated in sexuality and feel safe having the conversations actually delay their sexual debut. So they will wait later to have sex because they understand the gravity of it, as opposed to children who are simply told, just don't have sex. True. Very, very true. And I, I believe that is um, the case. There's a lot of, uh, in high school, I remember a lot of girls who, I was in a girls only school, who were very, um, very promiscuous at a young age because their parents were strict and that was their reason. They're not allowed to go out, they're not allowed to do anything. So they'd forge letters, you know, so that they can have mm. weekends away. They'd do all sorts of things. And throughout high school, I didn't date, not because I didn't have suitors, but I had the the privilege of having an open conversation with, funny enough, my grandmother about sex, about I dating. And I did, I, I, I held it off. I entered into varsity. I held it off, you know, um, because I had a free environment where I could speak about sex. So I'm using myself as a case study to say, definitely I put a stamp of approval on what you have said. If the household is open about sex and sexuality, not because you are being taught what styles to go into, but you're mm. talking about safety and health and you are being affirmed as a young person in yourself that, look, you can wait until the right person comes um, until the right time and you are told of consequences, then you hold it off for much longer. Did you though understand when we speak about the fact that this is bad content on your phone, avoid it. This is bad content on, on the telly, avoid it. Do they understand at a young age? It's a good question. So, you know, it can depend on what they're seeing because sometimes they'll see things that they just can't really comprehend. And so it's a matter of approaching it. And again, parents will be aware of this, approaching it at a level that your child can understand and relate to. So you can't go into you know, like gender roles and those kind of things to a three-year-old. It's, it's going to go above them. But, you know, explaining this isn't safe for you or a difficult one that a lot of parents have to deal with is the idea of like online predators. They're mm -hmm. there, they're grooming kids. We know that it's happening. And so being able to have conversations with your children around what does that look like? And it doesn't mean because a lot it's usually happening in that preteen or early teen phase. And as parents of any preteen will know, that's also when they're trying to assert their independence. So you can't really tell them anything. They know it all and they feel infallible. It's impossible for them to be caught up in some kind of unsafe thing. They're smarter than that. But so, you know, having conversations that are phrased like, it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't only happen to dumb people. It happens because they understand psychology and they understand how minds work and those kind of things. And just being able to highlight creepiness. Um, and it also it comes down to trying to raise your children in an environment where they know their self-worth. Because a lot of, if we're speaking particularly around sort of grooming and online predators, their tactic is 
to flatter and to build self-esteem. But if your child already has a strong sense of self, then when someone else comes along and says, oh, you're so amazing, the answer is pretty much, yeah, no, why are you being like a 40-year-old man and telling me this? That's weird. Um, I have a niece who would very readily tell that to anyone. She's like, uh, that's not appropriate for you to tell me. Sure. Wow, <laughs> and, she'll, and she'll just move along. So creating those levels of, of self-esteem in your children and allowing them the freedom to say no. A lot of the time, our children are very polite. And so even if you know their friends are showing them something on a phone because it's you know the thing to see, and your child may not feel comfortable with that, if your child isn't comfortable with saying no, they're going to end up being exposed to things simply because they're not comfortable with confrontation. So teaching them, again, it comes down to that idea of consent. It's not just about sex. It's about, is this something that makes me comfortable in myself? Um, mm. You know, it's not like doing the dishes, uh, but this is something that I feel goes against who I am as a person. So I'm going to say no to this and that's okay. And moving forward. Mm. Well, uh, I've got a voice note here from an A-team. A-team, please join in. Um, are you talking to your children about sex in this digital age and, um, you know, conscientizing them about sexual predators online and uh, being able to be safe? If you are doing so, let us know. Give us tips. Uh, give us advice. How should we be uh, conscientizing our children? And if you also have questions and you just want to know, how should I do this? How should I articulate this? Um, we've got our expert here, Nicole Detroit, who's a sex coach and an educator, and she's also a counselor. 0614104107. That is our WhatsApp number. Good evening, Patricia and your guest. You know, um, something got me uncomfortable one day. I went to school to fetch my daughter. She stays with her mom. And um, when we were driving, and she just said to me, Daddy, I'm growing boobs. She was nine then. Yeah, I was so uncomfortable. But when I got home, started reasoning about what she told me. And then I just felt, oh, she's comfortable talking about this thing with her father. Let me be comfortable as well. And then at the age of nine, we started bit by bit. And now she's 12. Uh, we have gone so far, and then I believe that uh, I've done my best as a father. Uh, I'm not afraid talking to her, and she's not afraid as well to open up. We are talking. Good evening. Wow, well done, Daddy. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, look, I don't know. Are, are you a parent, Nicole? I'm not. Not yet. yet. <laughs> not yet so when i listen to a father say such things for me it's so heartwarming right because yeah. um you know especially because it's not a male child it's a female child mm. and he does express that he was initially scared to speak and you know he was just alarmed and then all of a sudden he realized no man let me start having these conversations with my children uh, or with my child i'm doing the same thing so i've been doing it for a while i've been mothering for 13 years now my eldest is 13 and it's a boy. And, and you know, when he was going through puberty, I even shared it here on, on air with the A-teamers. And I said, I, 
all of a sudden this child has got pubic hairs <laughs> mm. a couple of months ago we could like literally count the threads and now it's like pubic hairs his penis has grown and his voice is changing <laughs> oh my goodness it was it was a shocker to me but i'm so comfortable with having conversations with my son uh, both my sons and my daughter at their age appropriateness but a lot of other parents are just not comfortable just not comfortable so another question i've got for you is around porn literacy mm. okay it's one thing to talk about sex and awareness and uh, uh, you know don't it's not good for anyone to touch your private parts uh, be careful scream shout if someone does this it's one thing but now to talk about porn literacy there's a lot of porn on yeah. on the social media streets it's just too much so how do we speak to uh, uh, children, teenagers about being careful not to consume porn? Yeah. Um, so this is one where I'm going to answer it on a, a couple of levels because, the, you know, like you say, some people are more comfortable with having conversations than others. And a good starting point is to actually start on on the social media front and having conversations around that because that's usually how they you know click on enough things you'll end up on a porn site so that's where they often segue to you but looking at you know if you are on i'm going to sound really old now so but if you go to instagram for example i know everyone's on tiktok now but i'll just use instagram as an example and you know, we all joke about Insta models and all the shallow things that they do to, to get clicks and all those kind of things. But having the conversations with the kids around that is a good starting point on, you know, you see a photo and, and the conversation can go something like, why do you think they have posed this way? Mm. And what is it, you know, is what they're trying to sell in line with what they look like do you think their life is really like this and having the conversations on what you see versus what reality is like and that's where that conversation starts from that the things you're seeing online are not real it is not a reflection of reality for most people and when your children understand that. So even like TikTok videos, I still have this conversation with a lot of adults where, you know, they're like, oh, look, someone saved someone from doing something. And then I'll say, all right, this looks like a very genuine video. It looks like this person was genuinely saved, but who was filming it? And why was this being filmed? Mm -hmm. And then they start to understand, oh, this was actually set up because the angle, the camera angles are perfect, all these kind of things. So helping, helping kids understand the difference between reality versus what you see on a screen. And then when you move into the porn realm, the important conversations on porn literacy, um, the questions to ask are particularly with women, but it, it applies for men as well. Do, does she look like she's actually enjoying herself? Does she look like she might be on drugs? Does she look like 
she's given consent for this because a lot of the easy access porn it's around like convincing someone to sleep with you and there you bring in those okay so you know is is are these things happening does this person look like they want to be there do they look like they're on drugs or alcohol or some kind of something um does it really look like they're enjoying themselves or are they just pretending to enjoy themselves and then you know so that's the superficial level on porn and then you can take it one deeper if you know you want to you don't have to be watching porn with your child but you can just you know list these things like do you know that porn scenes take a day or more to shoot so that five minutes that you see on a screen it takes a really long time it's not how sex really is and you know have you noticed that there's a, a script that gets followed when you watch porn they do the same thing in the same order every time that's not what real sex is like do you ever see someone in porn saying no or is it always just yes how do you deal with saying no mm. yeah, because that's real sex if all you ever see is someone saying like yes let's do that no matter what you want to try not real um then you can go in so also along the lines of this is a film and something that i often say with clients of mine who come through where they're struggling with their sex life not matching up to what they see in porn is helping them also understand that you know porn is a movie it's the same as if you watch an action movie and there's a big explosion scene and the hero somehow survives the explosion rolls his car and walks away unscathed you you know that that is impossible to do same with porn the things that are happening there are not real they are filmed people are airbrushed ejaculate is added and also <laughs> digitally added as well like the things aren't real you're seeing a fantasy mm. and to understand that is the important part so even if you're you're a parent and you're not comfortable with the idea of speaking about porn with your child because it's something that you are you stay very far away from you can then you can just say to them like porn is fantasy it is a fantasy movie if you are going to you know you might not want to be encouraging your child to watch it but if you feel like look we're just going to cover the bases and say if you are exposed to it these are the things to see does it look and you'll find most kids are like whoa i never really thought about this like does it look like these people really want to be there and does it look like they are under the influence of something because a lot of the stuff you find on socials leans towards that side it's not ethical porn it um and again you can also say to them if your friends have it did they pay for it why like you buy music why do you think that these people are sharing stuff that you don't have to pay for it's you know is this real is this paid for is this some kind of revenge porn questions to ask so a lot of being porn literate is really just teaching people to have a critical eye with what they are consuming 
so that they understand it and they can make a choice around it. Very critical point as you're giving us there. And I'm sure, uh, like myself, other A-teamers are making notes. Uh, Nicole, now there's also the exploitation of young people online. Mm. We've also heard of stories of adults being exploited online. But right now we're focusing on children. So who is more at risk, um, girls or boys, when it comes to online exploitation? And never mind the gender, what sort of character of child is more at risk? Ooh. <laughs> um, look, when it comes to, we can look at this two ways. In you know, when it comes, because I view children being exposed to porn like on a consuming level, that's also exploiting them because they don't have the, the capability of truly thinking critically about it. So in that way, boys and girls, they're in the same bracket. Um, actually being utilized, if we can put it that way, in exploitation, girls are more at risk um, simply because porn nine times out of 10 is designed and is filmed for a male gaze. So they're going to use girls because men are watching it. It's, it's built around the idea that men are watching this. Um, and the girls that usually get taken in or exploited, again, it's those girls that um, they feel that there is a lack of self-worth on some level very often. Uh, they don't often have a good understanding of consent or the, that they're allowed to say no. And this keeps coming back because I think it is something that, you know, as South Africans, we're very polite. We don't really like saying no. Mm. We, we want to be friends with everyone. We want to be the good guys. And um, being able to, to tell our kids that, you know, it's okay to say no to stuff. And because when you watch, I spend far too much time watching documentaries and research around people who have left the porn industry. And a lot of women who were brought in when they were very young, they ended up doing things. So even if they got into porn willingly, they end up doing things that they're not comfortable with because they can't say no. They don't, they don't want to make someone angry. So it's raising your children with the knowledge that they are safe if they say no. And that they can talk to you about stuff that's going on. So keeping those avenues of, of dialogue open and available so that if someone does start speaking to them about doing stuff, that they will want to come to you and tell you about it. And, you know, hey, you know, mom or dad, this person's approached me, they think I'd look great, you know, doing a naked photo shoot. It's going to pay really good money. This is what they say, and your child might be super excited. Uh, they might not even have mentioned naked. They're just like, oh, someone's going to do a photo shoot with me. It's going to be really exciting. And then as a parent, you have the opportunity to then say, okay, well, what are the, what are the reasons for this? What are the looks that they want? Can I be present with you when you have these photos? And that will help your child actually make a lot of those decisions on their own because they'll start to think it's true. Like, oh, okay, they never actually mentioned having to bring outfits with 
probably not going to be a legit thing. Mm. Um, but it all comes down, well, there's so many factors in this, but a lot of it does come down to understanding your values and being able to say no. I think if we can get our kids to a place where they value the integrity of their own bodies and they feel comfortable being able to say no when someone asks them to do something they're not comfortable with will be a long way um, to resolving this issue. Nicole, I think we can leave it there for this evening. We've gone so much information on, I think, basically knowing how to communicate with our children takes a lot of, um, you know, just general communication. And mm. it needs to be two-way between the parent or guardian and the child um, from a very young age up until they are able to make their own decisions. It's been such a great uh, eye-opener that you've given us this evening. How do we get in touch with you, with you um, since you're a sex coach and also a counsellor and an educator? Um, sure, yeah, we're leaving on a pretty heavy note there, but it's a good one. <laughs> uh, but to get a hold of me, you can, uh, the easiest way is just via my website. It's NicoleDutoySexEd.com um or you can follow me on this on one of my socials those are all sexually well and yeah we can generally find me hanging around on the internet <laughs> safe spaces on the internet yes creating safe that. spaces for conversation on the internet yes yes Thank you so very much. I wish we could leave on a higher note, but we needed to have this conversation, especially as we are still within the 16 days of yes. no uh, GBV. It's very important for us to educate each other around this. Thank you for joining us, Nicole. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. You too. Hey, Tina's, uh, let us uh, wrap up this week. It's been one interesting week, and we've just started a new month. Let's it be a safe December for all of us. Uh, may goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success. We'll be back on Monday evening. <laughs>